Hi, and welcome to the show. We're back. <laughs> Hang on, I got an idea for this thing. Alright, so, lay it on me. I got it. So, um, you know I've got a problem at the moment, right? <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, no, no. Are we, like, real talking right now? No, 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 we are actually legit here. Yeah, talk, sort of. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I've got a bit of a problem right now. And, uh, I was wondering, though, with that, like... I'm addicted to solitaire, right? And I was thinking about it, I'm like... That's a big problem. Why doesn't solitaire have a soundtrack? Probably because anyone who's playing it is so deep in their own sorrow <laughs> that they don't have time to be listening to music. I feel like, I feel like solitaire soundtrack would be similar to that of... Um, like a swamp. Or jazz. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I was just thinking of like a card game. I don't know. Like like poker or something. You get like a jazz kind of. Oh, uh, yeah, like smooth jazz. It could work. I mean, like, why hasn't anyone... I mean, probably someone has. There's probably like a solitaire collection or something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Probably. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Wait, hang on, hang on a second. Yeah. Alright, we're good. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Um, it's good, time. Good for, it's time for some video game music. All right. Now, as you probably tell by the title, the topic is songs on fire. So we talked about this last episode. We talked about, you know, things being on fire. It would be a funny topic. Um, so we're actually going to do it because, you know, why the hell not? Um, so we've got a, a collection of some great songs here. We've also got a hilarious uh, little finale for you, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Um, so let's just start with the first one. This was. We should Your probably pick. mention. We should oh. probably mention as well who we are. <laughs> yeah, we I was say, this is now. Jamie's pick. So he's Jamie, yeah. and who am I? Uh, you're a Cameron, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm a Cameron. Yeah. Um. So. And we are. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we are eight bit bards. Oh, we are too. Yeah, we got a name now, so that's cool. All right. Um. Gosh, so so professional. Yeah. No, we're the best. So eight bit bards. Uh, we're going to be talking about some fiery music tonight. We're going to be talking about why it's fiery, uh, what makes songs sound fiery or on fire, uh, and we've got lots of different kinds of examples. Yeah, we, we've kind of found that like there's definitely different approaches when it comes to fire music, um, oh, yeah. whether they're looking for a calm feel or a more intense feel, um, the instruments that you, they, they use within the composition. So I think this will just give you a different taste of uh, the variety that you could potentially have in a in a lava or a hot uh, video game soundtrack. So. Definitely, definitely. All right, so uh, we'll just get right into it. Yep. All right, so we'll we'll say the we'll say the title, yeah, and what yeah, name sure. it's from to start with, so yeah. everyone's aware. Right. Well, this is one that I had kind of figured out because I just looked at a lot of my gaming list and any other ones that I could randomly remember. So this is a kind of unexpected one, to be honest, but it's from the Nintendo 64 game Pokemon Snap, which I'm sure a few people have played, uh, specifically from the Volcano level. Um, and the composer, if you could just scroll it over, thank you. Um, I actually cannot read that from here. Can you read that from here? <laughs> no. <laughs> I... Ikuko hmm. Mimori. Ikuko Mimori. There we go. Yeah. There we go. All right. Yeah, so we'll have a listen to it, and then we'll uh, come back with our verdict. And what's the name of the song, Jamie? Uh, Volcano. Classic. 
All right, here it is. Actually, get your verdict on it first. Get um, your take on it. Like in terms of, does it achieve what it's trying to achieve? Yes, it does. I, I believe it does. I haven't heard the song in a very long time, so hitting it was uh, hearing it was like a getting hit by a nostalgia bomb. Mm. Um, I definitely think it suits what it's trying to achieve here. Because the game itself is very chill, um, just by concept. Because um, if you haven't played Pokemon Snap, it's taking pictures of Pokemon. Um, <laughs> it's just the most intense you could possibly get in a video game. Much more fun than you'd ever think. But this is a full volcano level with lava and everything. Um, now I think the instrumentation choice is really good. They use a lot of percussion, mm, and yeah. I quite like the sort of. Um, I, it's probably a synth, but the the kind of ethnic flute sound they've got for some of the melody in there. Yep. Um, but it, it's chill, but it's chill in a fast way. It, it's keeping the intensity, but at like a, a low ground level, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned too, like, yeah, the whole soundtrack is pretty much like that. So they want to keep the consistency... Um, they also want to keep the textures kind of the same, so, you know, it has that... Because a lot of composers want to go for that cohesion right through the whole soundtrack, no matter what kind of style you're going for. Yeah. You want to make sure the whole soundtrack sounds like a collection. Of course. Um, Gotta and, have a palette. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, like you mentioned, I, I really like the fact that it's calm, which definitely suits the, the kind of gameplay. Um, but it still has that intensity of those lower instruments and like the mallet percussion that you hear and yeah that flute too with a nice simple long note yeah just nice yeah enough to make you feel like it's kind of and this is something we'll get into quite a bit with quite a few of the other songs too of quite a tribal sort of feel yes which I know that like we're both mixed on when it comes to um, like a lot of the approaches for lava music or hot music in a mm. sense um it depends on how it's used yeah but you can definitely the inspiration definitely comes from island cultures tribal yeah. cultures because yes. often volcanoes are on islands yeah that kind of thing very tribal sort of like hot intense like i guess like it's not a, a great comparison but i always think of like ocarina of time you know when they go into like the goron and the the Gorons dancing to is like what a yep. hot beat yeah <laughs> hot hot <laughs> yeah like that weird like camera angle for yeah, like the I flame remember. and stuff yeah. good cinematography yeah. that's okay. great oh, the cameraman did such a good job <laughs> the cameraman that's it yeah alright yeah um, good chilled 
Yeah, I agree. Good song to start off with. Mm. Now, the next track is from a game called 1001 Spikes, an indie game. Um, Now, the song is called Into the Fire, and it's by Rushjet1. He's done quite a few indie soundtracks from what I remember. He comes up a lot on uh, Bandcamp telling me he's got Uh, new releases, so I think he's doing quite well. Him specifically, he's like, dude, Cam, just check out my stuff. Yeah, check out my stuff. (laughs) No, I just get notified. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, let's go ahead. This is this is more an eight bit style. So into the fire by Rushjet One. Now, it's interesting because you could divide this up into different sections for sure. Um, so if I'm just focusing on like the harmony, for example, it's in a minor key. So obviously that's very like sad, melancholic, that kind of thing. Yep. And which is an interesting take actually, because even though a lot of lava hot songs are in a minor, um, they are more intense still. Whereas this kind of leads a bit more to the creepy side in a sense. Yeah, it does. It's interesting. Um, I like the uh, instrumentation when it comes to like some of the higher synth sounds, especially when they have that vibrating, like the vibrato yep. sound yep. towards it. Um, again, kind of adding to that creepiness in a sense. Yep. Um, but I think the things that kind of make this uh, fire is, I'm going to call it a trill. I don't think it's exactly a trill. It's basically like an octave sort of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of like a trill. It's like an 8-bit trill. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Yeah. the standard 8-bit trill. Um, Yeah, so that. And then also, the thing that I never noticed the first time listening to it, the percussion in the background, like the very metallic uh, Yeah, it actually would be more considered a fake bit than 8-bit because it uses those samples. Yeah, whereas like something like Shovel Knight is actually, you know, made, has been made specifically like it could work on a... On an old NES yeah, or like something. In, in the family tracker. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, like, keeping all those things in mind. Um, yeah, it definitely... I get that lava feel. Or at least, like, a mixture of lava and cave. Mm, which, I agree. Which, a thousand one spikes. I haven't played it myself, but as far as I'm aware, a lot of it is in caves. Yeah, it's, it's like exploring ruins and stuff like that. So it, it fits the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. The main thing for me is that, uh, like we were talking about the, the 8-bit trill thing yeah. with the octaves, I think that that really sort of makes it sound fiery because mm-hmm. it's it's quite, um, it makes it sound fast and also a little bit dissonant for some reason to me. It sounds like it's, it's like, uh, not quite controlled, if that makes yeah. sense, um, yeah. which I think fits fire very well. 
It kind of, yeah, it does actually sound quite erratic, which again, yeah. like, adds to not only the intensity, but like I was saying before, the creepiness mm. as well. Yeah. And also on the percussion, um, I like how metallic it is. Yeah. It almost sounds like a hot factory with like a forge or something like that. Mm. Actually, oh, yeah, that's a good, like, a, yeah, I, I guess I always associate it with like. Um, I always think of like Iron Forge or something yeah. from like World of Warcraft, like the dwarven sort of, you know, it's in the in the heart of the mountain where lava kind of sits and yeah. everyone's got an anvil bashing their swords. Yeah, take yeah. that how you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't actually mean to do that, but yeah. <laughs> oh anyway, that's all right. All right. Um, so there we go. Nice classic one there, or classic style rather. Alright, so I'll let you introduce this next piece. Alright, so we have a, another indie game, I suppose you say, but it has definitely exploded over the years mm-hmm. in popularity. Uh, it is from Undertale. I know we mentioned this last episode, and be prepared because we'll probably include this a lot more <laughs> in the future. Yep. Um, so this one is called Another Medium, and it's the only lava or hot level in the game. Uh, it's by Toby Fox as... A lot, all the stuff is from that game yep. <laughs> so makes it a bit easy to remember um but yeah let's have a listen and get our verdict all right It's funny because I introduced this to the list and you're probably way more of the Undertale fan, even though I am as well, but I learned about the game through you and um, so I know this is quite close to your heart, this game. Um, What's your verdict? It's never been one of my favourite songs from the soundtrack. Mm. Not that I don't like it because all the songs are fantastic, Um, but I think... it, I think it just didn't jump out to me initially when I was looking for fire songs because it's definitely fiery when you listen to it, but it's not as standout as some as some other fire songs because hmm. uh, it's very it's very synthy uh, and very upbeat. Um, not necessarily in the, the intense upbeat. It, it's just like you know quite a jaunty tune or almost. Yeah. Um, hmm. But the thing that really makes it fiery to me is the um that like that fuzzy synth that's always playing that bass mm-hmm. um that's the thing that always makes me feel like it's a fire song yeah um above anything else but um what else do you think well, about it? i think like yeah when i'm thinking about 
when I've listened to a lot of these uh, tracks to do with uh, heat and lava and stuff, I mean, definitely consistency is the lower tones. Oh, yeah. um, so like you're mentioning with this, that is definitely the driving force that makes it more darker. Because when you think about it, like, um, if we're going like even just beyond the music part of it, when you associate things with lava, in terms of just a human standpoint, it's a lot of danger, right? You see mm. lava, you get scared and probably run away. You're not going to like jump in it or anything, have a bit of a dip. Yeah, there's it's... almost no situation where lava would be a happy enjoyable no, thing. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. So in terms of that, it's like, well, okay, so we know it's a very intense thing. It's a very uh, scary thing in a sense. And so I think the lower tones match up with how we kind of feel as humans in approach to things like fire and danger and intensity like that. Definitely, and especially because this game is very fun and enjoyable, but they needed to bring in the intensity somehow, and that's yeah. how they combined this for this game. They were like, we'll put some deeper tones in it, but we're gonna keep this still sounding like Undertale. Yeah. So, good choice by Toby Fox. It is, and uh, another thing too with this, um, something I just kind of noticed was, uh, it's still, doesn't necessarily take itself seriously too, especially with that melody, the, the uh, do 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 yeah. do It still has that kind of groove to it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think like the percussion definitely helps with this too, to maintain that groove. And you're like, well, with the low tones, I can associate the lava, and with the rest of it, it's like, cool, I can kind of like bop my head to it as I'm playing this, you know, rather intense part of the game, I would say. Like yeah, it's starting to get so. around the end. A little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah. They go, I don't know if that was... Was that my uh, phone? That uh, was your phone, wasn't that? Was my phone. Anyway. Brutal. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next song. Um, now, this is one that uh, indie fans would probably know quite well. This is a very popular indie game, before, much bef longer before Undertale. Mm -hmm. um, this one's from Super Meat Boy. Uh, the composer is obviously Danny Baranowski because he did all of those songs. Yeah. Uh, at least on the original version of the game. Um, and so this is for the fourth level. It's called Hot Damned, the track. Damn. <laughs> all right, and here it is. <laughs> I mean, again, being Danny Baranowski, you know the actual mixing of the, the track is going to be so well polished. Oh yeah, it might as well be a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's ridiculously polished with the electronic uh, instrumentation and guitar. And oh, uh, it's just a great fusion of genres, really. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like thoughts. I mean, 
it's got the intensity. And again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, um, how fire is a very intense thing, and it brings up a lot of intense feeling. Um, there's basically two approaches you can go with this. It's like, you can either go creepy, or you can go really intense. Mm. Or you can go nice and chill. It's the third option there, I guess you could say as well. <laughs> yeah. But I guess like that chill bit is kind of a juxtaposition. For sure. In a sense. Um, but obviously the main association with it would be intense, whether that's electronic or orchestral. Yeah. Um, either way, it has to have that drive to it, which is why we're finding a lot of brass, a lot of... Uh, a lot of these have strings in there as well, which we'll kind of get to. Um, but in this case, it's a lot of electronic stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, everything's just so well polished in the, in the composition. So, yeah. it's just... Yeah, I mean, it just adds... It's, it's just an intense song. It, yeah. it plays its part, and it does it really well. Yep. I've got a couple things to say about this one. It's that um, it has the electric guitars, which... Distortion is a very, at least to me, is quite an important part mm -hmm. of the whole fire aspect. Um, yes. Because it's, you know, distortion is like uncontrolled, like electricity in a way. It's very intense, uh, which mm. suits it quite well. Uh, so it's a good, I think it's a good choice to have electric guitar in one of the more intense kinds of songs like this one. I also want to mention that this song isn't oversaturated with intensity. Mm -hmm. It would have been easy to do so by just making it balls to the wall the whole time, but it doesn't do that. It actually has like a little breakdown in the middle with just the guitar, just to give it a bit more, um, you know, listenability, like so something that keep your ears busy yeah. um, without just like, blasting you with intensity the entire time yeah that makes sense and like just the bit that we kind of listen to it's around like the 10 15 second mark um even just listening to that bit all the instruments come down except for one the main yep. melody yeah and i think that just goes to show like not only the um or just the skills of danny baranowski to be like okay i know there's a lot of stuff going on but i want this just to be featured i don't want to oversaturate it um, this is how I'm going to do it, just by highlighting one instrument, so you still get that intensity. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to say too, and uh, you'll kind of uh, find this as a... Well, I don't know if we've actually included any examples of this, but um, we actually had an interesting discovery as we were listening to uh, compositions to do with Fire and Lava, and that's that a lot of them were quite similar to uh, desert music. Yeah. Oh, and for sure. And there's a couple of, like... There's blurred lines there. There are blurred lines, a lot of similarities. There are differences if you look deep enough, yep. I find. Um, but one thing, actually... And we'll, and we'll get to that point a little bit more later, I'm sure. But um, uh, one thing I've kind of thought is that... What... I was going to try and word this as best as I can. Um, why aren't there more similarities between lava music and... Uh, electric music like say like something for like a um, like a techno sort of level or like a factory level or right. like electric I see sort what of, you're saying um, I know there's not it's not as common of a theme to happen you know, in video games you but know, you know my, I actually have some thoughts on that yeah um, and what I actually think about that is that fire is kind of the middle ground between lightning and desert it's like lightning is the ultimate uncontrolled sporadic craziness because mm -hmm. it's so, you know, quick and and fast and unpredictable. Yeah. Um, and desert is 
it's still heat, but it's the droning, slow heat death kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas, the, like the middle ground, the fire is sort of uncontrollable because it's fire, but it's not as crazy as say electricity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely can um. Yeah, no, I can definitely understand that. That's for sure. Because I guess, like, fire is a bit more of a consistent intensity. Whereas, yeah, like you were saying, electricity is more of a sporadic kind of intensity. And obviously, desert is more of the uh, slow and painful death intensity. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, yeah. it's And again, there's always exceptions. Like, you will find intense desert music. Yep, it happens. And I'm sure somewhere out there, there's a very calm electric... Uh, <laughs> composition oh, somewhere definitely yeah so yeah I don't know okay but again a good composition so change of pace for the next song what have you got for us Jamie <laughs> it's not a change of pace at all <laughs> it's uh, like well, the same intensity. change of change of genre that's true Um, so we're going to the PlayStation 4 one of my personal favourite games from the not just in general to be honest a favourite series we're going uh, Doom it's up to you what you want to call it. Doom 4. Some people call it Doom 2016. Um, specifically, the song is BFG Division. And the composer is Mick Gordon. Yeah, let's have a listen to it. We're just going to listen to the first two minutes because, to be honest, the song is nine minutes long and I don't really want to sit here for that long. Yep. Um, but the first two minutes are basically the, the main example one I want to get to with it. All right. You pretty much get the idea. <laughs> Super intense. It is. And, and the whole game is very intense, to be honest. I have a quick question for you. Mm. Have you seen the video talking about how he made the music for this game? You know what? I haven't. And I feel like not a big enough fan of this scene, but I'm curious, though. Um, right. So I watched that. Super interesting. The main thing I'll talk about is he wanted to try and... When he saw the levels in Doom, like the hellish levels... He wanted to incorporate the sort of electricity, the energy holding things together in the levels. Uh, and you know, the way he did that was, I'm pretty sure he used a nine string guitar. 
Yeah, that's right. A nine-string guitar and just shredded the hell out of that thing. It and like the string shredded. was literally like wobbling. Like it was insane. It sounds pretty shredded. That is crazy. And like that's very fitting for the game because yeah, like he would have discovered and like I did playing the game. A lot of it's based around... I mean, the theme of Doom's never changed, let's be honest. It's always been about, you know, they're on Mars, like, it's the future, whatever future you would call it. Yep. And they come across, basically, hell technology, and they open a portal to hell, all... All, all hell stuff, breaks loose. All hell literally breaks loose, <laughs> and it's intense, and you end up going to hell at a point. I mean, Mars basically looked like hell as well. But it's a whole mix of, like, that technology and just the absolute intensity of hell and obviously the first person shooter action yeah um so powerful i really like this it song is. a lot um this song particularly comes up a lot when um i'm trying to remember the the actual name of the parts but like basically when you activate a wave of enemies oh, yeah. you might pull out like a it's like a hellish core to yep. break the portal to hell yeah, and then that. once you do that um all hell breaks loose <laughs> quite literally again um and it will start up with the build-up, like you heard at the beginning. Yep. And then it will go into the da -da 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 -da, like that yep. whole bit. Um, I love it. And then from there, it's just rocking, and you don't really need anything else. Cause it's just perfect. Yep. <laughs> I, just... I, there's nothing more I love than when a game nails the aesthetic of the actual gameplay as well as like the way it looks. Mm. Um, because like, if you're gonna go around gunning down um, monsters from hell. This is the music you want to listen to while doing it. With the Absolutely. BFG. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Like <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the, the title BFG Division definitely sums it up. This is definitely one of the more intense ones of the soundtrack as well. Like, there are some more calm ones, but, like, they are definitely still would be categorized as intense. Yeah. And there are ones, too, that are very... Uh, not electronic they're very more uh orchestral and that's another point i actually want to bring up that at least i kind of noticed a bit of the difference between uh lava hell music i guess you could say and desert music is the kind of vocals that they use yeah so um a lot of lava music tends to use uh just standard uh choir kind of music yeah um kind of like what you hear in the middle of this uh composition um and desert music tends to use a bit more Middle Eastern yeah, vocal. Yeah, for sure. So there's definitely a contrast with that, I feel. But yeah, it's epic. I mean, that's all Doom needs, really. Yeah. I, I just want to gun down demons and, and be done with There's not much more we life. can really say about it. Like, it's, it's, it fits well, it sounds great. Like It just needs to be well polished, and that's yeah. it. Like, Mick Gordon did a damn good job, and he deserves to go to hell for it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's me again. All right. Yeah. <sighs> Going to go on ape here. All right, so <laughs> we're actually um, is this the first? No, it's not the first Nintendo. We started with Nintendo. Yeah. But a bit more up to date with this one. Um, this is Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U, and the name of the song is uh, Bowser's Lava Lake Keep. Oh, there we go. Made it a bit bigger. Sweet. Um, and it is by a few composers here. Um, not sure. If this is a collaboration again, but I'm going to name all of them anyway, because I think the soundtrack really gets, you know, deserves to have all of them be mentioned anyway. For sure. Um, Mahito Yokota and uh, Toru Minigishi, yeah. uh, Koji Kondo and Yasu Yasuki Iwata. 
That's it. There you go. Did you like the accent I tried to put on that? I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get better. Home. It was good. I liked it. <laughs> Did you really? Or was yeah, that? No, I was all right. All right, cool. Just just let me know, guys, at home if you, if you enjoyed it. That's uh, give me a ten out of ten. Give me a thumbs up on the whatever <laughs> streaming thing we're using. All right, let's listen to the damn song. I would have loved to have conducted that live. That would have been <laughs> for those playing at home. I was conducting as we were going along with. That. Yeah, no, he was. It was, was good. Uh, it was inspirational. Oh, it's hot in here now. <clears throat> All right, what are your thoughts, man? Um, I'm a massive fan of this soundtrack overall. Um, just I don't even know how to describe it, but they pick. They've done so many genres in this game, and they do them all so well. Mm. And um, this is a really good mix of like a fiery song, but also being heroic and epic. Like especially the the high, like the pinnacle note on the strings is like so emotional, um, while keeping up the intensity. Um, yeah, I don't really even know what to say other than this song is just insanely good. Like, I love everything about it. I mean, like, if you take it out of its context um, and you just have it as like a general orchestral piece, you could happily listen to this in a concert. Oh, for like sure. that, and that's like just goes to show like the job that these guys do on Mario games. Um, it's quite incredible. Um, so the things I wanted to say about this one. Yep. I've had a mental blank. <laughs> That's right. I'll say something. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'll say that the song itself, by itself, doesn't mm -hmm. sound super fiery, mm. but that's not to say that it doesn't fit really well when used in a fiery area. Mm. If that makes sense. If you listen to this song standalone in a vacuum, you'd probably just think that it's a great orchestral piece with, you know, got this uh, rising intensity over time. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be like, this is fire level. No, that's very true, actually. And so that kind of goes to show that, like, um, orchestral music in general is surprisingly versatile, uh, depending on the context you put it in. Obviously, this is intense. Um, the snare drum sort of, you know, with that, with that bass sort of instrumentation at the bottom kind of drives it a bit more towards, like, the military sense yeah for sure um but in general orchestral music like this can fit in a lot of different contexts mm. 
Um, I kind of remember what I was going to say as well. So, yeah, kind of going off what you said, um, this game soundtrack is definitely an example of uh, uh, composers who don't really give a damn about being cohesive with the whole soundtrack. They're, and Mario's really good at that. Like, yeah. they're very good at, you know, obviously they have different worlds and they they kind of want to segregate that in a sense and have the different instrumentation. Some um, games just fit well with that. Like Undertale being a good example where he learned as he made the game. And yeah. the last, the final tracks are so well produced and so crazy, but the first ones are so, you know, sort of jagged and new. Not, not to say that they're bad, but you can tell that he was like newer to making music. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Um, Thing too with uh, Lava Songs when it comes to uh, Mario games specifically, or a, a lot of games in general, um, they tend to happen around the end of the game, or the end of the world. Um, specifically true. this one comes up a lot around the end of worlds, Yeah. Um, and I think that's what had the biggest impact on me, was listening to this I was like, Damn, like, this is such an epic... This is the end. <laughs> it was kind of like playing Super Mario Galaxy for the first time. Oh, yeah. But I didn't really expect it from this game, because it doesn't really have that uh, epicness of space. Mm. Um, it just has the epicness of it being a Mario game. Yeah. And yeah, they did really well with the soundtrack on this game. I think, yeah. Um, it's it's a great orchestral piece. It does its job. It does its job in terms of a final level music, which I'm sure at some point we'll get to final level music. In one of the categories, I'm, I'm be sure a good that, one to do. that would be a really awesome one to do for that. Okay, so for our next song, um, this is from the game uh, Zelda, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. The composer is Toru Minegishi, mm-hmm. and this is the song for Death Mountain. Um, so we'll just go straight into it. Sweet. Good old Death Mountain. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely notice in the Zelda games a huge commonality with Death Mountain or any of those fiery areas. They always do tribal percussion and brass. It's like a very common thing. And it works. I know why they stick to it, because it sounds like a fiery mountain. I mean, why would you change it if it's a winning formula? Um, Unless you're wanting to get a little bit of variety, which... um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, it definitely works. And, like, this is a basically a recreation of the Ocarina of Time yeah. uh, Goron City uh, one. 
um, and just like it, it's still a bit, um, you know, fun and, you know, a little bit quirky, which which fits with the Goron people. That's exactly right, and that's one thing you've you've not only got to take into consideration the uh, location when you're doing lava music, but I feel like if there is a bit more context to it, like for example, this is this is more kind of based on the actual species rather than the location itself. Yeah. And so they are a very intense uh, looking species, the Gorons, but they're also fun and quirky. Yeah. And I think it definitely- Rolling with, around. Yeah, exactly. Rolling around, smashing Link. Not, <laughs> not, again, not in that way. But <laughs> I don't know why that keeps happening. I apologize. Whatever. We'll roll with it. Um, but <laughs> um, it was a good yeah, segue. But, it was a good segue. Speaking of segues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the brass like definitely adds to like being more fiery and intense and the snare drum again going back to that whole military sense they are quite strict yep um so that adds more towards that bit and then the mallets kind of add to more that quirky fun side yeah i agree so it's a very like juxtaposition kind of thing happening here a lot of contrasting stuff going on yeah less intensity and more about the actual people yeah yeah um, yeah, I think you've said, I mean, all I, I so. need to say, so... And uh, again, like, we know that these are songs that are, uh, should be based more on fire levels, but I think we felt that, like, this was more, like, a track that's on fire itself. Like, it kind of resembles that atmosphere of mountains and the Gorons in terms of, like, their fiery intensity in, yeah. in a sense. So I think that matches up more with that. So it doesn't necessarily need to be a lava level, for yep. example, to kind of fit into this category. Yeah, I agree. Okay, <laughs> for our next track, uh, we've got a Kirby game. Oh. Um, Kirby's always got very interesting soundtracks because they've always got to be very happy. So this is by Jun Iki uh, Ishikawa, and it's called Dangerous Dinner 2. That's I love the titles of some of these. It's great. Oh, and uh, the Kirby game specifically is Kirby Return to Dreamland. There you go. All right, let's go. What do you think about that one, Jamie? Now, I haven't actually played this game, and to be honest, I haven't really played a lot of Kirby games, and I'm quite shocked at how intense it is, because I always associate a Kirby with <laughs> not being intense. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> You'd um, be surprised, man. Those games are pretty intense sometimes. I guess in a sense, too, you would never associate Mario with being too intense either, but you get True. a lot of intense... Uh, I guess we've just grown up with it. They've kind of been a bit naive to it. Yeah. Um... Depends how you think about Kirby, because if you think of him as a monster destroying like friendly ecosystems, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I just want to ask, what context in the game is this used in? Obviously, it's like a, a lava level or something, like a hot level. Um, but what part of the game is it used in? Uh, this would probably... I don't remember exactly, but this would be near the end. Okay, yeah. Yeah, as usual. And that's kind of, yeah, what I wanted to mention was the fact that, um, again, this not only sounds like going with the whole thing of, uh, like, lava levels tend to happen around the end of games, um, but this That's definitely intense, sounds... And the end of the game is supposed to be intense. Like, it's just a match made in heaven, you know? Yeah. And this, though, especially, uh, sounds like a pre-final boss, uh, feel. It does. It might not necessarily be pre-final boss, but in terms of it being, like, one of the last, uh, compositions you hear, it definitely has that texture to it. And I think one of the reasons is it has that intensity of... A lot of instrumentation going, a lot of different instruments, a bit of electronic in there, a bit of strings. Um, but I think the thing that, um, aside from the texture, is it has a lot of variety yep. to it. And, I agree. And that sound, and a lot of variety definitely, uh, it matches up with the difficulty a lot of final levels, yep. in a sense. So, you don't hear this in first or second level music. No. Um, and so, no, definitely not. the whole texture, the whole variation in the uh, music, I think, uh, definitely drives it, uh, yeah, for like a final level, kind of lava intense sort of, and again, going from the example, even if this wasn't for a lava level, it's on fire. Like, oh, the, the song, like, it's definitely, like, in flames. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, not the band, though. Like, a, yeah, yeah, oh, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it, it is really intense, like, it's on fire. Um, and yeah, one of my actual favorite things about this song is the way it introduces the song as intense and dark and even a little bit creepy, like we were talking about. Um, but it comes in with the heroic feel in the middle um, to sort of give that, you know, that hope. Um, you know, it's still like you're trudging on, you're still gonna go save the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it keeps the intensity during that part and then it drops back to a darker, more e more ambient sort of version of the start of the song, which I think is really cool. It's yeah. like, oh, we're, we're still the hero, but damn, this is still scary. Yeah. That kind of thing. No, that's definitely true. Again, adding to that nice variety that they have going on within it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. No, it's right. good. It is good. Now, kind of a bit of a contrast for this next one. To be honest, yeah. um, we have one from... What do you call this game in indie game? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, um, I believe so. I think so too. Um, this is Dust and Elysian Tale. I actually did this as a Let's Play years back. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, it is by, well, the compositions by uh, Hyperduck Soundworks or Alexander uh, Brandon, which I'm not 100% sure which one did it? I don't, I don't know the association. Should really look into it. Um, the song is called Last Sanctum. And to give you a bit of context before we go into it, this is basically pre-final area. Um, so even before you go to like the final battle in a sense. Um, so we'll have a bit of a listen and then we'll get our verdict on it. All right.
I can tell that we're both like I don't know if you listened to the entire song when you picked this song, <laughs> but like I'm totally taken aback by how this turned out. This song, yeah, yeah, it is. I want to keep listening to it. It is the underdog of the week. <laughs> oh, it is. It is the underdog of the week. Yeah. Wow, that surprised me. I was listening to it going like, yeah, you know, this is classic fire tune. Uh, and I was thinking about like how it uses a lot of the scrape percussion. Mm. Uh, yep. stay, you know, keeping the ethnic percussion, but keeping it subtle. Yep. And then it just comes out with this beautiful melody. Oh my goodness. That was so nice to listen to. Mm. Yep. And... and we actually were listening to it and we were both like, yeah, all right, we could probably turn it down and start talking about it now. And I turned it down like, and, no, then, no. and then the melody came in. We are like, no, turn it back up. I was about to pull the plug on it. Like, yeah. Oh then, my goodness. I'm glad we didn't. You're like, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't, even, I haven't even had time to think about whether or not it even fits, but I just love the way it sounds. Yeah. Um, I think it definitely fits. Um, and I think there's two reasons for that. One, obviously you've got like the mixture of the instrumentation, so you have the strings, you have the choir, which we've already talked about, are kind of matching with that theme of uh, fire and intensity and the percussion as well. But then also you have the uh, reverb on it, which matches it because it's actually like a volcano area slash cave. So reverb is very much used in that to simulate the whole atmosphere of a cave. Um, so that's one aspect, definitely. Um, the other thing too, going with like the structure of the composition, is that it has that intensity, that driving of the percussion. Um, so very, again, very military, quite intense. But then with bits like this that we're just listening to, the little melodies, it's hopeful. Yeah, it is. It's great. Uh, a nice little juxtaposition to the intensity, the, the slow, intense build. But it keeps the intensity a lot of the time, even when the melody comes in. Yep. Um, but it's just that, like you said, that little glimmer of hope, like, y you're still the hero, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, God, it's so nice. It, it is, yeah. It turns into this beautiful <laughs> ambient piece. It is. You know what I was thinking, actually? Because I was thinking, like, what other context could this be used in? And you, it might take you a little bit to realise this. I was thinking an elf kind of world. Like a foresty kind of, like, think of a night Yeah, elf. I could feel that. Yeah, no, it does. It, it feels very mystical, you know? Yeah. Um, like, forest music often is very mysterious and uh, unsure, but, but very tranquil at the same time. And it's interesting, because this game kind of starts you in a bit of a foresty area, and a, a, a lot of music's kind of all over the place, in a sense, has the same kind of instrumentation, but... There are different environments to it, um, but it does start off in the forest, and a lot of it is very mythological, mm. kind of like, yeah, a lot of you mythic could actually sort of say, stuff. Um, sorry to interrupt. That's right. You could also say that it's kind of like the mixing of the character going to this world, yes. because he's from a forest, mm. so it's like, this is his theme over the intensity of the area that he's in. Yep. So... Whether yeah. or not it is, it's intentional, I don't know, but it sounds great. It is really good. Um, if you haven't played Dust and Legion Tale, I'd highly recommend it. Yes, for sure. I also do, yeah. Yeah, very good fun. Alright, so the next song in our list is very interesting. Mm. Um, I think we'll start by saying that we're both in agreement that this will be known as Track of the Week. Track of the Week! Yep, and we're going to be doing Tracks of the Week... 
uh, every week that we do the show. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say I'm like, oh, he's yeah, going to say it. Every, every week. <laughs> uh, and so for this one, might come as a surprise, but um, I think there's a very good reason for why we find it the track of the week this time. Mm. All right. So this is from Dark Souls. This song is called Gwyn, Lord of Cinder, and it's by Motoi Sakuraba. Frick, man. Like, literally everything we just said in terms of, like, anything to do with lava music, just chuck that out the window. Thrown <laughs> in the bin. Straight into the bin with all our theories. So, just, just tell your friends to flick to this minute of the podcast and you'll be fine. It's... <laughs> what the hell happened? <laughs> what did happen? And it's just... A, like you were mentioning to me, a mm. perfect example of juxtaposition. For anyone who doesn't know, this is actually the final boss song of this game. No joke, the final boss. Um, he's obviously called Gwyn, the Lord of Cinder. He has giant fire whips and sword, and he comes at you relentlessly the entire fight. It's in a cave with a, like a fire kindled in the middle, and it's just amazing. It's just such a great juxtaposition. Not only is this a fight like a a fire boss, it's also the final boss, and he hits you with this song. I mean, like, I think this even just takes the composition of the week just because um even just in terms of if you were thinking a final boss sense, like it is a huge juxtaposition and it really catches you off guard. I will be honest, I haven't played Dark Souls before, I really get to get onto it. Um I'm kind of starting to gradually get into those intense games. Like I started with Bloodborne and kind of working my way up through the ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have heard this, the first, like you were like, you gotta listen to this track. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, you ain't you ain't heard anything. I got yet. a doozy for you. <laughs> yeah, got a bit of a doozy. You may hate it beyond repair. <laughs> and then I was like, pretty much within the first couple of seconds, I might put it in. Yeah, like immediately. It just like it, like and then you described it to me. And I was just like, that's incredible that someone would think to be brave to include something like this. Especially in Dark that. Souls, you know? Which is an intense game in itself. Yeah. Um, and that's a kind of game too where like, they don't really have overworld music. They have music for the bosses. Yeah. Those bits. And so to have this there, it just blows my mind, but in such an amazingly good way. Um, again, we can't stress enough like the juxtaposition of like the final boss the fact that it's like lava and intense but it is intense even though it's calm yeah that's it um 
when comparing to a tranquil piano piece, it is a yep. bit intense. It's got that, you know, that sort of moving bass line with those, I think it's dyads mm. um, uh, at the bottom so. there, just moving all the time, keeping keeping the motion going. Um, it's kind of intense in a dissonant way, but yep. that, you know, that just one note melody over the top, just thinning mm. it out and making it sound so nice. Uh, in such a horrible and brutal situation. Mm. Um, juxtaposition is, at least, it's one of mine, it's probably one of your favourite things as well. Yeah. Because it's one of the reasons we like Stickerbush Symphony yes. from Donkey Kong Country 2. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's well, too, for any composers that are listening out there or just anybody who likes music in general, I mean, you're listening to this because you love music, but um, <laughs> it goes to show the versatility of piano as yeah. well like, oh, yeah. you can include piano in anything and even just piano itself you can make it work you just will like make Breath it work Breath of the Wild that whole soundtrack's based on piano it is basically. isn't it yeah that's quite quite crazy done so. by the Animal Crossing composer no way doesn't that make sense it does yeah it does alright we're off topic <laughs> no um, it's fun I will quickly mention um, it's kind of a little bit of a plug but you know I'm not making money or anything <laughs> Um, I actually did a video on YouTube about Dark Souls, music in Dark Souls, and the rare occurrences that they are. Also uh, in Bloodborne as well. Um, if you look up, I'll, I'll put a link in the description, but if you can't be bothered with that, then um, it's on YouTube under Steel Music, and the title of the video is Music in Dark Souls. Yeah. And you can find it at uh, youtube.com slash org slash v... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Pretty close. yeah, <laughs> yeah no, am, I, am I getting there? Yeah. No, you... I think there's. I'm pretty sure there's a few more letters. Yeah. No. I think that's about it. No, you'll get there. <laughs> if if you start from there, I'm sure you'll find it in related. <laughs> okay. So moving on to the next song, um, we're back into the fieriness again. Uh, less of the mm-hmm. juxtaposition. Oh yeah. This is. Um, I think I played one last time on the podcast. I played a song from Xenoblade Chronicles X. It's a very experimental soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, and it's. Oh, hang on, it's kind of hard to read. Sorry, <laughs> it's by Hiro Hiroyuki Sawana uh, Sawano Sawano. Yeah, let's see, Hiro Hiroyuki Sawano, and the song. Uh, I've got the Japanese name here, but I know that it's for an area called Caldros. Um, so that'd be fine if you wanted to look it up. Just look up um, Xenoblade Chronicles X Cauldros theme. Um, and here we go. Come donate to us today and get us bigger screens so we can actually read the title. <laughs> I know, it's hurting my eyes. There's, a, right. there's my plug. <laughs> oh yeah, enough about my complaints though. <laughs> All right.
That song is filthy. Isn't it? <laughs> I, gotta, I, 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 love, I feel dirty just listening to it. <laughs> I, I, okay, so here's one thing I really wanted to mention coming up to this song. I love it when people do what is considered the wrong thing when making music, but they make it work. The wrong thing in this case being, it sounds like it's your headphones or your speakers are going to explode. Like it's mm. like something's wrong, there's distortion and they're like ripping apart. He's obviously done it very safely and he's obviously just used some effects to make it give that gritty breaking noise. Mm. But I love it, it fits so well for like an, an overworld that's full of lava and fire, just intense. I think that definitely what brings it back for, like, yeah, the electronic stuff is definitely where the intensity is at. I think, honestly, the epicness of Lava is brought through the strings. I agree. Yeah, the well. orchestral. Um, and it's funny because, you know how we are talking earlier, I mentioned the idea of, like, why isn't Lava music and electronic electric kind of levels more interchangeable this is one i would think that electric level would actually be suitable just because of the distortion with it yeah for sure. Um, i could imagine this is because it sounds very industrial it does yeah um so you could have a similar kind of style with it um but then i think the difference the contrast that kind of happens in here is the fact that there is more orchestral sense to this with the strings, with even like what we're hearing now, the bells. Yeah. In a sense. Um, and Very uh, experimental soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I can see that definitely fitting a lava sense with the intensity and all of that once again, just bringing that back all together. Yep. Um, I don't have much more to say about this song other than I think it's great. Dude, we've got a lot of variety in this. I think that just goes to show like... Yes, we are talking about songs on fire, versatility of, you know, like what's good and what's kind of bad or not necessarily bad because we don't think there's anything bad with it, but things that we feel kind of gel a bit nicer, the different approaches, like there are so many different approaches with it. Um, but as you can tell, like there's, there's so much, so many avenues you can take there and really they all is. work in there's their own There's so way. many different ways you can approach such a, such a simple topic. We need a fire song. All right, well, what kind of a fire song do you want? Yeah. And then it just branches it out. Like, it could be anything. Yeah. And that's good and bad. Like, you know, for anybody who does want to compose, it's like, you know, someone tells you, I want a fire song. It's like, well, I have several questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, But that's part of fun, though, isn't it? It's it is. creative because it's not as simple as, all right, you know, let's let's bring out the distortion. Let's bring out the, the dark synths. It's, it's more like, all right, is it for a character? Is it for an area? What kind of uh, things are going on in the area? Is it industrial? And then from yep. there, you get to do all kinds of different things and create all kinds of different music. I think it definitely has that versatility that, uh, yeah, a lot of composers will enjoy and you can put your own flair into it like a lot of these composers have done, for yeah, sure. for sure. Um, <laughs> now, let's get... <laughs> Now, Let's get to the good bits. I wanted to ask you, did you want to just um, have a quick talk about this now or and then have it play out for the end of the podcast? Or would you rather play it, talk about it, and nah, then finish? No, man, I'll, I want to talk about you it You want after to talk it. about it, all right. <laughs> this is like, I basically forced Cam to put this in as a bonus because <laughs> we need to talk about it. And I'm sorry, David Wise, but we, we need to... Uh, should we just play it first and then we'll get to it? Let's introduce it. All right, fine. Um, <laughs> so 
We got one from Diddy Kong Racing, um, and for those who have played it, you probably know what's coming up. It's Hot Top Volcano, uh, again, like I mentioned by David Wise. As you know, we are both huge fans of David Wise. This is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy. Let's, let's have a listen. <laughs> I wish we had a camera. <laughs> we were just dancing. <laughs> yeah, we were jamming time. out. And I will say that I, I I said this was like I didn't like it. That's not necessarily true. I I don't mind it in terms of the context of the actual soundtrack. Um, but I think there's a few points that we can bring up that we feel like it doesn't really fit in the volcano sense. Um, would you like to start with anything, or do you want me to just like? Yeah, rip into no, it? I'll start. Um, I actually. I agree that I don't actually dislike this song. I think it does... It's like... It has all the elements of a fire song. Uh, sorry, or a more fun racing fire song. It, the elements are there. I think the thing that makes it less likeable... Um, is just how... Um, silly it all sounds when it all comes together. Uh, especially, it hasn't aged all that well. Especially the uh, vocals that yeah, they've got true. in there, yep. um, which might have been, you know, more more acceptable back in the day. Mm. Um, but now, like, you can put all kinds of like, you know, high quality vocals in all songs. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'll agree. It sounds a little bit. I'm not even sure what word I'm supposed to be using here, but. It's, it's a little bit like tongue-in-cheek, like it's just a bit silly, yep. um, which makes it seem less serious, but I, I don't think it's bad. Um, no. And, like, as a counter-argument to the silliness, Diddy Kong Racing, let's face it, is a very silly concept. It's pretty damn silly. Um, so, yeah, like, you can kind of argue that that's what uh, he was going for. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I it's think like, it's like sorry to cut you off. No, but that's it, right. it, I think it's it's a catchy song too. It's kind of like one of those songs that you hate because it's like kind of it's like catchy and upbeat, but you don't want it in your head kind of thing. It's like one of yeah. those. It's not that it's bad. It's just that you'll you'll listen to it in your head forever and you'll be like, oh my god, please, no no more of the yeah. Ula Butta or whatever. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with it. So yeah, very annoying like vocal lines. Actually, later on in the song, like the last second section we're kind of hearing now, has more lava aspects to it than yeah, anything actually else. Yeah, I kind of dig it. Um, which they sort of gone maybe a bit more in the direction of that. Um, the big thing for me, though, that puts me off, and this is kind of going off something you mentioned to me when we were first talking about doing a topic like this, um, comparing it to uh, desert music. Oh, yeah. Um, and every time, like, you mention that, and we've kind of brought up topics like just personally uh, so, sorry songs personally um for example like super mario 64's uh i'm forgetting the names of the, oh, the lava land lava yeah. land and um obviously the desert one they use the same track yeah um and it doesn't match in my opinion i agree um and this is the same case i feel like the instrumentation is too deserty 
And for the life of me, aside from the heat part of it, like lava is hot and so is desert, I can't really see a matching bit no. with it. And that's what kind of puts me off. The same with the whole, um, I guess, like tribal aspect with the vocals. It yep. just, I don't really understand the cohesion with it. Yeah. I feel like it's too stereotypical now. And like you said, it hasn't really aged very well. So yes. I listen to it now. I'm like, mm, rare. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I also feel like um, as um, as like Westerners, yeah. it it's difficult sometimes to even hear the differences for normal, for normal regular people yeah. uh, between tribal and Middle Eastern. It can often sound similar, even though to them, it's like, wow, it's totally different. Mm, Um, So I think that that's where where the gray area is, that people sort of consider um, it interchangeable in a way, but Mm -hmm. really it's quite different. But the differences are subtle to Westerners. Yeah, no, I I, I can definitely see that happening. But yeah, this song is quite deserty. Yeah, uh, it could be passed off as a fire song, but it's definitely got more desert elements than it does fire. Mm. So it's quite interesting, actually. And like, it's something for um, you guys that have you listeners at home to kind of consider. Is um, and we'd love to hear your feedback on it. By the way, well, I'm sure we'll we'll mention something. Yeah, at the tell end us of if you podcast. love this track. We really want to know. Yeah, um, is that I mean, we just went through eleven different songs that, to be fair, are very different different from one another Mm. and then we come and we said like you can be basically versatile and then we come across this song that doesn't really fit Mm. but again that's up to everyone's interpretation and up to everyone's opinion there's a lot of factors that go into why you like and dislike uh, music so yeah that's just uh i think it's just interesting to kind of bring up the Mm. idea with it i agree yeah okay that's it for that one yeah that's all we've got for this episode um, we hope you enjoyed it. We we had fun thinking about really separating what makes a song a, f- a fire song fiery. Mm. Um, we we actually learned a lot doing it, didn't we? I I think so. I think like because uh, aside from obviously the composition studying that we did uh, a few years back, like actually picking at uh, specifics when it comes to video game music, not just video game music in general. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, in a sense, if we if we do have any video game... Sorry, non-video game music listeners out there, let's say, like, they just like film music or something, you could apply it to that sense as well in certain degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot more stereotypes that kind of happen with film scoring uh, than anything else. So, yeah. you know, if it's Egyptian, then you know... Or sorry, if it's desert, like, area, then you know you're going to get very deserty music you kind of know the sound you're going to get harmonic minors yeah there's not really a lot of uh variety um with that there is still is but there isn't a lot yeah um and uh whereas like yeah video games are definitely a different area when it comes to that sort of versatility i think yeah i agree it depends on the era as well like we've kind of seen that you know from whether it was like the super nintendo era all the way up to playstation 4 and the indie games um you get to get a lot of different approaches with it for sure um but yeah i think we would definitely love to hear from you guys in terms of not only what your take is in terms of some of our opinions with the tracks that we've heard but also some of your favorite uh tracks as well 
and we may even get the chance to listen to them as well. We'll kind of have a bit of a recap. Yeah, and be we like, could even have like a fan episode later on. Yeah. Like, like fan suggestions and stuff like that. Definitely. Might be a good topic. Absolutely. So yeah, feel free to send us your comments on basically our comments, but then also what your favorite tracks are that could be from a fire level, could be from, you know, hellish level like Doom mm-hmm. or like just even something that's quite intense and makes you feel like it's on fire yeah um, we'd love to hear it from you so um you definitely have the contact details for how to get in touch with us and send yes. your comments and replies in we'd love to hear from you yep so if you do want to contact us you can contact us at eight uh at oh wait yes hang on yes it's just eight <laughs> bit bards at outlook.com i'm pretty sure We'll put it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, we will We will put it in the comments. But I'm pretty sure it's 8bitbards at outlook.com. Sounds about right. And uh, we'll definitely get all those emails if you send it there. So once again, I'm Cam. And this is Jamie. And we are the, the 8-Bit, 8-Bit Bards. Bards. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> yep. <laughs>